This is Jason Holleran. I proudly served for 33 years, culminating as the Deputy Commandant at West Point. Put this on your calendar. World War II weekend inside Old Bethpage Village Restoration on Long Island. Scores of operational vintage armor in formation May 18th and 19th. Nassau County Executive Bruce Blakeman invites you to join him in saluting America's greatest generation and all those who have worn the uniform in defense of our freedoms. That's May 18th and 19th, presented by the Museum of American Armor. And here he is, live from Martha's Vineyard, I think. <laughs> it is <laughs> palatial estate. <laughs> Overlooking the Atlantic Ocean. Yeah. The the big <laughs> pond. <laughs> oh, Martha's uh, Yeah, I have no desire to go to Martha's Vineyard whatsoever. That is one of the very last places on earth you will find me. Bring your hungry, bring your weary, bring your sick, and bring your poor, but keep your ass off Martha's Vineyard. Don't come back no more. Yeah. (laughs) That's right. Mark, before we get to Martha's Vineyard, you have to explain to me how the President of the United States ends up in the last, what was it, the last row before the door, the exit yeah. doors? Yeah. <laughs> this is fantastic. I mean, this is the first time ever, I think, that a president has gone to a, an American president has gone to a royal funeral, because that's what the vice president is for. That's, you know, you've had, you've had a hundred years of jokes that the vice president is the guy who gets to, to go to funerals and nothing else. But Biden decided he wanted to go as usual. He went in the usual way. So he flew in on the Air Force One. Then there's somebody else uh, on uh, the decoy Air Force One. They fly. So in case anybody attacks Air Force One, they shoot the wrong Air Force One out of the sky. They fly in his big limousine, the Beast. They fly in the 127-car motorcade. They fly in thousands of the Secret Service guys with the reflector shades and the telephone cord hanging out of their ears. They fly in all these people and (laughs) Biden gets to Westminster Abbey and finds that he and the First Lady have been seated in the cheap seats right at the back. (laughs) The First... The first lady finds herself, so-called, finds herself sitting next to this guy, so says uh, politely, oh, uh, what do you do? Have you come far? And the guy goes, I'm the president of Switzerland. (laughs) Nobody, nobody who's Swiss can name the president of Switzerland. Never mind anybody outside Switzerland. So he's like completely insulted. He sees he's sitting there. He sees not just like the king of Sweden waltzing up to the great seats at the front, but like total losers like Jacinda Ardern and Justin Trudeau waltzing up, (laughs) waltzing up to the front. And he's stuck there next to this president of Switzerland and he's furious at the end. He's like he's sick. He gets to the door of Westminster. Abby, when it's all over, and he goes because again, if you if you you know what it's like in church, the people at the front leave first. Right. So if you're stuck in the cheap seats with the, you can't barge past the president of Switzerland and say, "Do you mind getting out of the way? I'm out of here." But he gets to the door, and he's and he's sick of it, and he's sick of it, and he just orders the 127 car motorcade to drive him back to the airport, and he gets on uh, the air.
Air Force One and gets out of there. And the other, but they've made him fly into Stansted Airport, not Heathrow, or because they didn't want his his thing clogging up Heathrow with all the other people. So he's got to go hours to Stansted Airport, which is just this crummy airport that's mainly used by Ryanair. They wouldn't even let him go to Gatwick? No. So he flies into Stansted, which is mainly used by Ryanair, which is this low-budget Irish airline named after a guy called Ryan. And and they'll fly you to the Greek islands for like £4.75. So it's all the riffraff there. So it's not enough. It's... It's not enough that he's with all the riffraff in Westminster Abbey. He's also with all the riffraff when he gets to the airport. So he had a totally terrible time. And I'll be surprised, you know, if by the end of the show he hasn't nuked London or at least some <laughs> outlying island, you know. Well, I mean, you got to... You gotta forgive it. I mean, the thing is, the, uh, the State Department and Washington are furious, uh, because even though, you know, it's her funeral, uh, Biden makes a much better corpse than anybody else there. <laughs> well, well, wait a minute now. So you've got all these potentates and these, these, these human traffic, well, people accused of all sorts of things from, mm. from some of our favorite countries in the world where, torture and all that stuff is i mean he must have felt like one of these ultra mega guys i mean (laughs) (laughs) no he well the funny thing was everyone you know every this is what so if you flew into heathrow uh as a head of government or a head of state or a king or whatever you you went to the abbey on a bus because they didn't want all they didn't want all these entourage type things uh, clogging up the place, and so all the all the other prime ministers and the kings and all that they're all on these buses having a grand old time because it's like exciting. You know, how often does a king get to ride on a bus? So they're all <laughs> they're they're all like having a fun time. Thing. Oh, this is I haven't ridden on a bus since I was at school. This is fantastic. <laughs> and, and Biden with his 127 car, and you know Macron. Uh, goes, Macron puts on a pair of sunglasses and goes out on the streets of London, uh, with, uh, Brigitte and is just like strolling around. I, this whole 127 car motorcade, it's not really in the spirit of the thing. He should drop that. He should drop that racket. Well, I just love it. I mean, and of course, Donald Trump never misses a beat. He's, he was, I saw a story like he said they would have never treated me like this. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing about it is I like the way the assumption is that they did this to him deliberately. You know, which I certainly hope. I mean, I would think that's fat. I mean, that's fat. I think it's it might, it might just have been the Duke of Norfolk who was organizing the whole thing. But the the idea of the... <laughs> You normally with these things, you learn where you're sitting because you want to be. But but the other thing is, whenever he he's he is never alone for very good reasons. It might be just, you know, when he was at COP26, there were all these rumors that he'd accidentally broken wind in front of Camilla. And so there's all these. Uh, there's oh, all the, goodness. There's all these, uh, well, it was, uh, uh, you know, I wouldn't normally talk about these things, but they devoted like five pages to it in the Daily Mail. So, uh, 
So the whole, the whole bit, I mean, the, this suspicion that they did it to him deliberately, well, you I know, think is fantastic. When the Queen was alive, although he was, you know, Mr. Good Two-Face and smiled and yucked it up with her, he made some pretty disparaging comments about the English royalty and, and talked about how his mother hated the Queen and his mm. mom hated because of the Irish roots. She hated them. So yeah. I wonder if any of that stuff circulated, hence the airport. Well, <laughs> so well, you're gonna go. <laughs> he did say, I think this was, uh, you know, during the quote unquote peaceful transition of power for three months. But I think one of, I think the BBC reporter went up to him just after he'd supposedly been quote unquote elected and said, uh, Mr. President, have you anything to say to the BBC? And Biden just snapped back at him, I'm Irish, <laughs> and carried on walking. And, and so there is, I mean, I have no idea why he wanted to go to this funeral in the first place. And I think you know, I like monarchies and I like republics. But I think if you have a republic, then you shouldn't necessarily be eager to go to uh, monarchical funerals. But you certainly shouldn't go with a 127 car entourage. And the whole the whole imperial presidency, I think, is just revolting and I don't like it. Um, and when I think of those, uh, you know, there was Queen Beatrix of the Netherlands there, who I spent a delightful couple of days with uh, a few years back, also Queen Sophia, mm. Queen Sophia of Spain, and uh, they're all, they're like, they're very grand, they're queenly ladies, but they're not as queenly as, you know, Hillary or Nancy Pelosi. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's and it comes to something when you think, oh God, I gee, I can't. I'm, I'm tired of being treated like dirt by Nancy Pelosi. I'm going to go over to the other side of the room and, room and shoot the breeze with the Queen of the Netherlands. I mean, there, there's something wrong with these, with the grandeur of these all these people. Speaking of grandeur, now let's talk about Martha's Vineyard and and Air DeSantis. Uh, the <laughs> liberals are having a cow. They're looking for criminality. They've got one little sheriff somewhere in Texas who doesn't have enough crime in his neighborhood. Mm. He wants to bring charges against DeSantis. Gavin Newsom's out <laughs> mouthing about, let's see whether we can, I need new hair gel. Let's see whether we can get some charges laid against DeSantis. This was brilliant. And it has, they all think that this is going to doom Republicans in November. What say you? Oh, no, not at all. The whole point of liberal enclaves like Martha's Vineyard or wherever you want to name, or Malibu, for example, it's the same thing. Uh, you you uh, do not wish to live. The whole point of modern liberalism is that you don't get to live with the pathologies that you impose on others. So you can open the southern border, but you're not opening the borders of Martha's Vineyard. Uh, and that's the way they think. That's the way they live. And it's just fantastic, I think, to just shove it, uh, to, to shove it in their face. Because ultimately, 
by the way, when they wreck the country, eventually it will get to them. Eventually it will reach Martha's Vineyard. So actually, Ron DeSantis is, is just doing a, uh, we, we, I mean, and particularly when it comes to this gesture politics, three little shishi towns in New Hampshire voted to become basically sanctuary towns at town meeting day a couple of years ago to show to just as an act of virtue signaling. And I said at the time, I'd love it if MS-13 in Massachusetts just said, hey, great, let's move up there and wreck those shishi little New Hampshire towns. Because this kind of thing where you don't, liberalism is all about you not living with the consequences of the garbage you impose on everybody else. So this is fantastic. Well, Mark, what a week this has been. Now that the pandemic is over, my friend, uh, declared <laughs> over by Joe Biden, is it time for us to start planning the cruise? And I wonder what destination you have in mind when we start planning for this year. Can we go somewhere exciting, somewhere where there's a monarch? And can we not sit in the back row if we get a chance to go aboard? <laughs> No, no, that's the, no, I would, uh, I would love to have that world back. And I don't, I, I certainly don't want to operate the same seating plan. I don't want to treat you as badly as Westminster Abbey treated the President of the United States. You don't deserve that. You deserve better than that. Thank you, Mark. How's everything? Tell people where they can find you. Uh, they can find me at Stein Online, S-T-E-Y, that is, as in, why do I have to hear this snooty foreigner when I just want to hear red-blooded all-Americans like Mr. Snurdly and the fabulous Megan Kelly, who's coming up. Mark Stein, and you can also, GB News, my friends, and Mark, the work there is terrific. Thank you so much, Mark. We'll join you next week. Thanks a lot, James. Always a pleasure. WABC Talk Radio 77, Snurley's Rush Hour, Bo Snurley's Rush Hour. We are coming back in one moment.